Welcome to Taiwan Report News Brief, news and analysis from Taiwan. I'm Donovan Smith. Up today on the show, what the heck is happening in Haiti? Has Taiwan's population begun to shrink? Some coronavirus updates? More nefarious behavior by the PRC, if that's a surprise? Johnny Chang, the new KMT chair, has met with Han Guoyu. Taichung Mayor Lu Xiaoyan lashes out at the central government. And some disappointments in the recently passed Taipei Act in the U.S. Congress. But up first in Focus Taiwan, Taiwan blasts Tsai's exclusion from UN's Women in Politics map. The presidential office on Friday tweeted a blistering criticism of a United Nations entity that produced a map in collaboration with another organization showing the rankings of women in government. The On the Map, created by the UN Women and Interparliamentary Union, and released on March 10th, Taiwan is shaded the same color as China, suggested that they are one country. The map also excluded President Tsai Ing-wen. The presidential office tweeted, quote, Hello at UN Women. If you really want to empower women around the world, you may need two things. One, new glasses so you can see past your prejudices. Two, more courage so you can face reality and acknowledge Taiwan's widely admired head of state, President Ingwen. The presidential office tweeted as <laughs> a strong response. All right, moving on to the Taiwan news. Haiti expels Taiwan ambassador but maintains diplomatic relations. Now, this is something interesting about this. This is being reported here in the Taiwan news, and it's and it has some supporting uh, links from other sources. So it appears that this is legit, but there has been nothing appearing in Focus Taiwan or the Taipei Times as of me recording this show. So the, the article states, Haiti expelled the Taiwanese ambassador over, quote, a small incident, but is nevertheless planning on maintaining diplomatic relations. News, Haitian newspaper Le Nouvelliste reported Thursday. Now, the minister was quoted as saying the incident was, quote, a matter of national sovereignty and, quote, has been rapidly resolved. The incident reportedly occurred in early January at the private residence of Haitian President Jovenel Moy. According to the UDN, Leo and Moye had a quarrel, after which Haiti demanded the diplomat leave the country within 72 hours. The appointment of a new ambassador was also demanded, and Taiwan's interests have since been managed by a charge d'affaires. Joseph emphasized the relationship between the two countries remains intact despite the incident. There is an interesting cordial relationship between Haiti and Taiwan. I'm really looking forward to see if any details on this one come out. This seems to be a personal fight between the president and the ambassador. I don't know, something strange going on there. On to the Taipei Times. Year begins with negative growth. The nation's population could be entering negative growth, the Ministry of Interior has said, citing 26,046 people born and 30,884 who died in the first two months of this year. Last month, there were 13,536 births, or about one birth every 3.1 minutes, and 16,211 deaths, or one death every 2.6 minutes, released on Thursday, showed. 
The nation, as of last month, had 26, sorry, 23.6 million people, up 10,899 people from last from a year earlier, but down 3,362 from January, the statistics show. Now, this means that if you are a patriotic Taiwan citizen, be sure to get cracking. I realize that it's a hard and arduous task, but somebody's got to do it. On to the Taipei Times. Virus outbreak. Lawmakers approve special budget. So this is that 60 billion package, and this article in the Taipei Times goes into some of the details, and it's, the budget is to fund disease prevention efforts, as well as bail out and support sectors affected by the COVID-19 pandemic. If you'd like to see some of the details of where the budget is allocated, check out the Taipei Times article. It'll also be posted up on report.tw. All right, in Focus Taiwan, CECC to raise travel alert for 27 European countries to highest level. Taiwan will upgrade its travel warning for Dubai in the United Arab Emirates and 27 countries in Europe to its highest level, effective March 17. In the Level 3 warning, the CECC advised potential travelers to avoid any unnecessary trips to the United Kingdom and the 26 member states in the Schengen border-free area citing the escalation of the COVID-19 outbreak in Europe. All right, on to some more nefarious behavior by the People's Republic of China. In the Taipei Times, Facebook closes accounts posting misinformation. Facebook last week deactivated more than 60 accounts linked to China that disseminated false information about COVID-19, a source familiar with the matter said on Friday. The accounts, which had spread false information about the coronavirus to Taiwanese users in hopes of creating public panic using fake official documents to try to mislead people, the source said. The Chinese profiles pretended to be Taiwanese users by using traditional Chinese character names, but Facebook was able to determine their authenticity by the date they were registered and their IP addresses, the source said. However, it was unclear if these accounts were directly linked to the Chinese government, the source added. Another unnamed source said that the methods China uses to spread misinformation have become harder to detect. Well, it's not absolutely clear on this. But it does appear there are two different types of operations coming out of the People's Republic of China. Those that are more professional and directed by the United Front and freelancers of the 50 Cent Army. The freelancers tend to be amateur hour. They use simplified Chinese characters and that sort of thing. So this smells to me like this may be a little bit more of a professional operation and has ties to the United Front. All right, moving on to the communist mouthpiece in China, the Global Times. Now, this is, of course, a the, it is an official state-sponsored publication, but this is, once again, the one where they tend to make their more wild allegations. If it's more official policy, they will run it in the People's Daily. The headline is, Cyber Attack from Taiwan Disguised as COVID-19-Related Files. A large number of phishing emails reportedly have been sent to the island of Taiwan targeting people on the Chinese mainland since the COVID-19 outbreak, according to a cybersecurity insider on Wednesday. To get users to open files attached to these emails, they are disguised as Guidebook for COVID-19 Prevention and Control, or documents from Chinese Center for Disease Control and Prevention. The aim is to allegedly run a massive cyber attack on the Chinese mainland and steal secret information, said the insider. 
Evidence showed that these cyber-attacking emails were sent from special departments in Taiwan. Their targets include government departments, medical facilities, scientific research institutes, and business agencies on the Chinese mainland. Now, I have no idea if this is actually true or not. It's entirely possible. And frankly, I hope it is, considering the behavior that the PRC has been exhibiting toward Taiwan. It's also worth noting that as the coronavirus disaster and debacle has, inf- has created something of a public ba- backlash within the PRC, that they are looking for, they're putting out, in, in my opinion, a whole series of different possible ways for people to be distracted, including uh, conspiracy theories that it was the U.S. who created the coronavirus and creating other issues like this one here. So they're creating a series of possible reasons for them to engage with the public on something other than COVID-19 to rally them. All right, Johnny Chang, the, in, the new KMT chair, has met with Han Guoyu, the embattled mayor of Kaohsiung, who's facing a recall vote. They, it, the article does not say that, they, say that they talked very much about specifics uh, or specific policy plans, but Johnny Chang said they did talk about many different things, and, but the most important point is that they have to quickly get into, spring into action. So this is one of uh, Johnny Chang's most ur- urgent issues. They don't want to lose the city of Kaohsiung. That's a very important position, and the KMT holding it is of considerable prestige. All right, Taichung Mayor Lu Xiuyan, and this is uh, in the UDN. I'm sorry, the last post and this one are both uh, local media in Chinese. The now this I, we talked about this a little bit yesterday. The executive UN has made has basically overruled. Then the EPA has overruled the Taichung city government. Now Mayor Lu Xiuyan has been lashing out, calling this unconstitutional, unprecedented, and so on and so forth. Now this is something that. And I do the ICRT Central Taiwan News. This is something that she has been doing quite a lot. She's been blaming the central government for just about everything possible. This seems to be a regular pattern on her part. Now, she's not alone. Her predecessors have done the same. What's interesting is the volume and the amount with which she's been doing this. And it's just about everything, everything from budget woes to all kinds of disagreements related to cultural issues, train line, planning, everything, you name it. But Johnny Chang is standing behind her, behind her in, the, in the fight against the central government. Now, he's also a lawmaker, so he has some influence there. But this is the China Times. And as I mentioned yesterday, though, the central government has overruled local governments repeatedly over the years. So this is nothing new, and it's not likely to be unconstitutional, as Mayor Liu suggests. Moving on to the Heritage Foundation. Trump should heed Senate's call for talks with Taiwan on free trade pact. Now, there's some issues that have appeared now that people have had a chance to look at the, at the actual wording of the act. A couple of things to pick at. One from this article, Gardner and Curtis, and these are the sponsors of the bill, 
original one, they, who wrote the original bill, they also know that over time Taiwan's economic relationships will have an impact on its de facto autonomy. That's why they included language calling on the U.S. to start negotiations with Taiwan on a free trade agreement, also because it would make an excellent free trade partner. The problem is that last week, the version the House approved, 415 to 0, left out the reference to the free trade agreement, reportedly at the insistence of the Democratic majority on the House Ways and Means Committee. It's unclear what motivated its objections. The explanation offered by the spokesperson was that changes were made to preserve congressional prerogatives to determine a trade policy. That doesn't make sense. The legislation was attempting to do precisely that, suggesting the administration pursue a free trade agreement. In the bill's final iteration, the committee did allow for strengthened bilateral and economic relations, and it suggested the U.S. trade representative consult with it on opportunities to achieve that. That's an opening. That's a very interesting change, you'll notice. Now, moving over to Taiwan Insight. This is written by Garrett Vanderwees, a former Dutch diplomat who's been strongly supportive of Taiwan. Now, he picks out something else in the agreement. A a significant weak point in this section is that in paragraph 1, it still makes a distinction between A, Taiwan's membership in all international organizations in which statehood is not a requirement, and B, Taiwan to be granted observer status in other appropriate international organizations. This particular phraseology goes back to President Bill Clinton's three no's of June 1998, when, during his visit to Beijing and Shanghai, pressured by the Chinese, President Clinton succumbed and inter alia pronounced, quote, no support for Taiwan's membership in international organizations that require statehood. Congress was furious and passed legislation condemning President Clinton's move. The House passed H. Conrez 301 on January 20th, 1998, and the Senate passed another one on July 10th, 1998. These two resolutions reiterated that the future of Taiwan should be determined by peaceful means and incorporated clauses on the principle of Taiwanese self-determination and also the right of Taiwan to join international organizations. However, the new language stuck and regrettably became part and parcel of the standard phraseology of U.S. policy toward Taiwan. The problem with this language was that from 1972 to 1998, 1998, it was not part of U.S. policy. Neither the 1979 Taiwan Relations Act, nor even the three communiques, which presumably constituted the basis for U.S. relations between China and Taiwan, contained any language in that direction. It was an unfortunate add-on to U.S. policy by Mr. Clinton, which has now hindered and inhibited U.S. policy toward Taiwan and its international space for more than 20 years. 2020 would be an opportune moment to say farewell. We need to emphasize that as an entirely free and democratic country, Taiwan has the right to be a full and equal member in the international community. That's it for today. Uh, Be sure to check on report.tw for all the English language articles that I introduced here today. Also, uh, there's a few articles there on history and some other issues, which I included as must-reads, which I did not introduce during the show. Of course, come back tomorrow. There's always news going on and a lot more to say.
This has been brought to you by the Taiwan Report. For more content like this, become our patron at report.tw. 哎呦，就是那个台湾狗啦，最喜欢我的台湾狗了。